Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give him love one more time. We worship you, Jesus. Oh, and we give you adoration. Hallelujah. 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 We will move very speedily through the announcements and the dismissal. I want to remind you that on the 28th, we do have a quiz dinner. 26, 26, please, the 26, not the 28th, come with the 26. See a quizzer, see my wife, see myself if you would like tickets to that, $10 a plate to raise money for these fine quizzers to be able to go to extravaganza. We would dismiss the children at this time, and the youth can go, and the ladies can go, and uh, that will leave the rest of you here with me. And I would say I would apologize, but the presence of the Lord is here, and we must, we must worship God. We must worship God. Go ahead, give him a hand clap. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord God. Holy. Oh, you may be seated. You may be seated. This is not my text. But if you are in, when you are in the book of John, and, and John talks about Isaiah, and if I see it, I'll, I'll say it real quick. Um, ah, my fingers. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll pass with that. I won't read the verse, but when you see John, and the book of John writes about Isaiah, and he talks about the glory, and he references a couple chapters in the book of Isaiah, and then he says that, John, that he saw this glory. He saw him. And you realize that Isaiah, when he saw him high and lifted up, was seeing Jesus Christ in all of his glory. He, he had stepped into a realm with God, and he saw the glory of God. And I sometimes feel like we just catch little glimpses of it. We get in His presence. We, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I would like to turn. I'd like to turn to the book of Exodus, chapter 4. And I will read verse 4. And it says, So he cut two tablets of stone like the first ones. Then Moses rose early in the morning and went up Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him. And he took in his hand the two tablets of stone. Now, if you would be in the book of Exodus, you will notice that in the chapters coming before this, that Moses had had two other tablets of stone. And Moses had been up in the mountain, and God had given him this word. And, and while he's in the presence of God getting this great word, and they're going to be in, they're going to be in covenant with God, and, and he has this, this commandment and this covenant... They're down there and they've made another idol and they're worshiping this God that was made from their gold, their jewels, the, the, uh, the spoils of their deliverance, the spoils of war. They turned around and turned it into something that they worshiped. Do not let the blessings of God replace God or become equal to God in your life. Do not let what God, God has poured out on you blessings. So don't become caught up in the blessing and forget the giver of the blessing. 
and do not put them on the same level. And so they turned this thing into a, an idol and they lost their minds. You say, well, they didn't say that in there. I am sorry, but if you are going to take the gold in your house and you have been delivered in a mighty way and turn it into a statue and then strip down and dance and shout around it, you have lost your mind. And have you ever met people out there that you knew them and now they've gotten caught up, whether it be in their work or, or, or some, some, something in their life and they get all caught up in it and they're like, wait, and you, you meet them and you're like, they're, they're not even the same person. Where did my friend go? And what is it, this talk that they have? And what are they association, associating themselves with? Associating, if I can't even say the word. Um, I think maybe I can only say three syllable words, right? Um, or three, <laughs> whatever. We'll leave that alone. And so Moses comes, and now he's back up on the mountain. Remember this people had sinned. Remember God wanted to be in covenant. And this people sinned. Last week we talked in the book of Daniel, and we talked about him praying, and him praying for the, the, the nation of Israel and getting out on their behalf. And he talked about God and God and His greatness. And he said, God, Your grace and Your mercy that You keep those that obey You. But we have sinned. And so Daniel was saying, the bar was Your grace and mercy is on those that obey You. But we have sinned. The children of Israel here have sinned. And so with that, I would like to pray for this message tonight. Lord Jesus, I ask you to speak to us. Thank you for your great and wonderful presence. And oh God, we worship you and we exalt you. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, I'd like to talk to you now, tonight about every mountain. Every mountain. Now, this is a great title, and I don't know that I will do this title justice tonight um, because this title could be used in a number of ways. But... Um, you will see where I'm at here. So now that we have talked about the book of Exodus and we've talked about the tablets of stone, I would like to flip over to Psalms chapter 113. 113. And I have it here as well in the, the New King James Version. Um, but Psalms chapter 113, it says, Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore from the rising of the sun to the going down. The name, the Lord's name is to be praised. We'll go ahead and keep reading it. It says, The Lord is high above all nations, His glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God? Who dwells on high? Who humbles himself to behold the things that are in the heavens and in the earth? He raises the poor out of the dust and he lifts the needy out of the ash heap that he may seat him with princes. With the princes of his people he grants the barren woman a home like the joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We entered in tonight with worship and with praise. But We've been talking these last weeks about prayer. We've been talking about prayer. And, and here in Psalms 113, we see praise, which is a form of prayer. We talked about bringing our laments to God. And you can bring your, your laments, your frustrations, your, your despair. That's prayer. And we said with that, make sure to worship Him, acknowledge who He is. 
We, we talked about interceding last week and repenting on behalf of yourself and the people. Oh, bringing yourself into a spot where, where you see yourself for the, the condition along with everyone else. And this week I wanted to talk to you a bit about praise. Praise, because praise is a part of our prayer. And in this psalm, it, this one immediately launches into praise the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise, as well as telling God about His greatness, is praise is looking back over what God brought you out of. Praise is looking back over what God brought you out of. And a couple of weeks ago with the psalm that we read and we talked about the song of lament, he says, then I will praise you. And you're like, oh, is Trevor, does Trevor have God hostage here? <laughs> I'll give you what you want. Yeah, I'll praise you, you know, if you'll do this. No, what is praise after the deliverance? What it is, is being faithful to God. It's continuing to trust God. Why? Because when you get through a problem or a situation, it's easy to forget about God. But the Jewish people understood that when I, one year from now, say, look what God did for us when He brought us out. Two years from now, when I say, look what God did when He brought us out. Ten years from now, when I say, I just want you to understand where it was that God brought us from. When you, are, 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 when you pass that story on to your children and then to your great-grandkids, when, when if it's the children of Israel, and some of you might be familiar how they piled the stones in the middle of the river, when they come and they say, what is those stones there for? And you say, hey, let me just tell you, that's when God brought us out. That's when God brought us in. Oh, you're giving Him praise. You're saying, you're acknowledging that He's real. You're saying this is what He did for us. And you're going ahead and, you're, and by doing that, you're saying, that's my God. And to reference our song, when they would walk over to that pile of stones, while those stones physically weren't God, that was the work of God. And they could say, this is God. Oh, when they would pull out them shoes, I wonder who saved some shoes from the wilderness. And they said, see these shoes? The souls never wore out. This is God. Oh, this is what He did. This is how He brought us out. Oh, I would that those children of Israel, instead of fashioning a calf, when someone said, where did you get all that gold? They wouldn't say, this is God. But they would say, this is what God did. Oh, this is what He brought us through. And so we say, praise the Lord. The psalm here is making a call to praise. It's making a call to one's personal self and it's saying, praise the Lord. But with that, it's not just to myself. But it goes on and it says, praise, O servants of the Lord. It's a public proclamation. Somebody needs to get the notion out of their head that praise is simply a private thought in your own mind. And you need to get some excitement about what God has done for you and let a roar go out. Praise the Lord. Can we do that together? Praise Him. Oh, praise Him. Praise Him for His excellent greatness. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, Psalms 150. It does it best. It says, 
Praise the Lord. Praise Him in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty firmament. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with the stringed instruments and flutes. Praise Him with the loud cymbals. Praise Him with the clashing cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Oh, church, it's a call to praise Him. Hallelujah. We give you glory. We give you our love. We give you the honor. Oh, you are great and you are excellent. Praise the Lord. It's a call. We need to be... Church of Omaha, you're great worshipers. These children are great worshipers. But each and every one of us need to get something down in us that says I'm going to praise the Lord. Oh, I'm going to be very public about it. Oh, I would that some of you, all of you, would get your mind wrapped around the greatness of God and you'll be thinking about Him, and you'll be thinking about Him when you walk into Walmart, when you walk into Hy-Vee, when you walk into Target. I want you thinking about Him. I want you thinking about Him when you walk into your workplace, when you get on that elevator, and, and it will erupt out of you. Now, I'm not asking you to carve the floor up, but that your words would come out, and they're, oh, I'm sorry. You would have worship come out of your mouth. And somebody standing next to you, they're like, what? And, and you're like, what? Oh, it's a great thing when worship erupts out of your mouth to God. And suddenly you realize, I'm about around a bunch of people that I don't even know if they know God. But I was just with Him. And I was thinking of His goodness and of His love and of His wonders. Oh, I would that you think about God. Take me up on this. Think about Him. Think about Him when you walk into your place of business. When you're working over your project, think about Him. Think about Him. Talk to Him about it. You're going to find that you're going to start. It's going to come out. You know, I've been finding my poor boss. We'll be talking about world events. And then I'll say, I, so i, I got to tell you something. It is in the Proverbs because we're in Proverbs, right? I'm like, I think you'll appreciate this. And so I too quickly act like I'm getting to the point of the proverb real quick so I can bring it back into the world of it. But what's the real deal? You, you can't separate yourself from this book. Don't separate yourself from it. Get it in you. Love it. Because when his, this word connects with you, it, it becomes alive in you. God spills out. Oh, praise Him. Make praise a part of your every day. Oh, go ahead and take the problems and then turn them into praise. Thank Him for it. And so we have public proclamation. Praise the Lord. Then there's a calling to others to praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. And then blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Oh, from right here. Hallelujah. Oh, you know what? We learn from the past. We see the past so we can know about what to do going forward. You know what? You say, man, I messed up. <laughs> man, God was in your mess up and he's with you right now. And so you look and you say, I don't want to do that anymore. When I face 
some situation that I can't see up here, I don't want to do that thing anymore. So we, we learn from the past, but we make a decision that from this line, you know what, I maybe got all torqued off about him, told him about it. You know what, maybe in the future I'll make another lament to him. But I am going to praise Him. He is going to be central figure in my life. Even if He wasn't there, I'm drawing a line here. You know what happens if you mess up tomorrow? You draw another line. You say, from this time forth, I'm going to praise Him. Oh, you stick a finger in the devil's eye every time. Not that that's our mission. But He says, Man, you failed and you're like, mm-hmm, I'm going to praise Him. Well, you're a loser. So are you. And you stick a finger in his eye. And you say, look at the greatness of God. Because all Lucifer could see was himself. And he was caught up in himself. And he was like, look at me. And he was lifted up in himself. But when we say, you know what? He brings you down. You say, this is right where I needed to be. Because he's even greater. All oh, the lower I get, the taller he becomes. Hallelujah. Praise Him. From the rising of the sun to the going down, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Oh, I love it. He's high above all nations. You know what the psalmist doing here? He called you to praise Him. He called Himself to praise Him. And now He's giving Him praise. He's saying, oh, He's here. And He's above the nations. I'm sorry, Russia. He's above you. I'm sorry, you old United States and you old European Union. He's above you. Oh, you China, China, he's above you. All you nations of the world that get together and wring your hands and clasp them and wonder in your great wisdom what possibly can you do. God's greater than you and no weapon formed against him will prosper. Praise ye the Lord. His glory above the heavens. Oh, I love this. Who is like the Lord? Our God. <laughs> oh, don't you see it? Doesn't make you. Ah. Oh, does you see Israel out there? Don't you really want to cross the Red Sea? Just recross it because you want to go this time instead of. You're like, ah, who held the waters back? Oh, he put a cloud of darkness over you. He gave us light. And he blew the waters apart the same breath that moved in the very beginning. Who is like, oh, who is like the Lord our God, who dwells on high, who humbles himself to behold the things that are in the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor out of the dust. Oh, he's right over there. He cares about what we, humanity, thinks is nothing. And he looks. Oh, you know, and I, Ukraine, I have Ukraine on my mind. But that littlest child that's in the bottom of the rubble, that nobody knew that orphan's name, God saw them fall. And he's right there. And he's the one that made a decision if it's time now or if I'm going to keep you going. But make no mistake, God's heart hurts. And he cares. Because everyone was fashioned by the fingers of God and the breath of God. So when you look and He's taking care of you, and when you find yourself poor and needy, or you see that one and you think, man, what happened to them? 
know that God raises the poor out of the dust and He lifts the needy out of the ash heap. Not only that, blessed are the poor in spirit. You know what I want to be? God, maybe in the physical, I'm not asking Him to destroy my house, really, I'm not. But, but I need to go ahead and say, God, I'm nothing. And I need to be down in the ash heap. Because what is that saying? Blessed are the poor in spirit. It's saying, God, from here forth and forevermore, I entirely depend on you. You are my everything. And in doing that, you give him glory. And you put him in his place. That he may seat him with princes. That's our God. That's our God. We have a little semblance of that when, when David brings in Mephibosheth and he sets him at the table and it doesn't really matter that he has lame feet anymore because when you're sitting at the table, you're at the same level with all the other princes. But how much more the King of glory says, I want to lift you up. And He did that for each one of us. Yet such were some of you. And He lifted us out of the ash heap and set us with princes. That's... Our God. Everyone else looked at you and said, Ooh. And they turned their nose up and they walked down the other side and they said, I can't help you. And God said, Not only can I, but I want to. You're now at a place where you'll see me. I'm sorry it had to go here, but now, now you can know me. Before you would have been blind and you just wouldn't, you wouldn't have, you'd been caught up, but now we're at a spot. Where I can be something in your life. And not only that, I'm going to take you places where you never could have gone if you had just kept living your life that way. But it got really low, so I could bring you really high. Really high. With the princes of his people, he grants the barren woman a home. <laughs> a joyful mother of the children. So this is our great God. This is our great God. You know, this is right up here, this title, For Every Mountain. It's because I, I thought of that song, For Every Mountain. He's brought me over. For every valley, He's seen me through. For every blessing, hallelujah, for this I give you praise. That's our praise. It's our worship. And, and so, we opened up this service, and we were talking and worshiping and praising God. So why did we read from the book of Exodus? And it is because in the book of Exodus we have seen failure. We have seen failure. I have another message on failure that I'm not going to preach tonight, but, but it really collides and connects with this tonight. Because the children of Israel had sinned. And so we go to give God praise, and yet they've sinned. And we find Moses here, and Moses gets done, and they've chastised the people, and they've, melt, they've put that gold on the waters, and they've ingested this gold, and, and it's been a terrible time. And so how can this people of God who violated, God wanted to be in covenant, and they violated everything just while He was given the Ten Commandments. 
And they're ripped apart and sin has come back in to separate. Not only that, these were, you could say, church people. This was the congregation that God first wanted to meet face to face and they said, Moses, you've got to be God for us. You've got to stand in between. So they're there. There's this big separation. And I find it's one thing when we come into church and we come from a life of sin and somebody whispers in our ear, God loves you. And you say, how can you possibly love me? And then you show them and then you repent and you're all good. But I have always struggled with, man, I grew up in this thing. I got the Holy Ghost when I was 12. I got baptized when I was 8. And, and, and maybe I even got the Holy Ghost sooner, but I doubted it a whole bunch. And so, yeah, it's 12. And so I have this whole, and now I'm 15 and I sin. You know, some, one of the strongest battles I ever fought was the same year I got the Holy Ghost. That's because Satan was over there saying, uh-huh, I'm going to get you. And those battles I fought on and off for years. And he'd come back and I would feel like just a loser. And he would play with the mind. That's what he does. He tries to bring you low. But again, our God is great. But you're in church and you sin and you mess up and you do wrong. And, and the devil's like, oh, so there's no more sacrifice. And he takes scripture and he twists it up because that's what he likes to do. I can take the very words of God and turn them against you. I'll take the very good words of God and try to get you to sin with them. That's what the devil does. He did it from the very beginning. He is not very bright because the very first tool he used, that's the only tool he ever really uses. He keeps doing the same thing. Let me get in your head because there's nothing else he can do. He can only do the things that God allows him to do. And when God told, said, okay, I'm going to let you do some things with Job, he said, hey, I... I that's because God had a plan for Job. And God wanted to do a work in Job. And, 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 and so the devil's over there and he tries his thing, but he cannot separate you from the love of God. But we sin and we're Christians. This is the children of Israel. And so now Moses, you could see it. He's now down there. Can you see him? God had wanted to destroy him. Now Moses goes down. You know what Moses did there? He went down, and, and I apologize, I'm, I don't remember if I said this a few weeks ago or not, my, my mind, but if you have, you ever have the two parents and the one parent, when the kids get in trouble, they really get in trouble. Mr. Nancy, is that you or is that your husband? Your husband, right? All right. So Trevor, you want to stand up here? So we have the children over here. And when trouble comes, Tabitha all day, she's been like, oh, these kids, right? But then she realizes they're in trouble with dad. And what does dad have to do? You kids! Why? I'm not saying Trevor's a mean guy. But she's like, hold on. He takes it to another level. So if I can go ahead and stand in the gap, and I can take care of the problem. You know, that's what your pastor does. Your pastor says, hold on, God. Please, these are your people. We love your people. Oh, God. And then he comes and he gives a rebuke. But you know what he... He's just telling you with words because He's standing there for God. And that's what we need to be to the people of this world. We need to be a call and a proclamation that God loves them and we see the sin and we need to do those things. Moses was doing that because he's like, God, when your wrath finally comes, you'll bring destruction. We don't want to do that. We saw the flood already. And we already saw what you did to Egypt. He's like, your people, your people. It's the whole parent 
relationship, the parent that says, you know what, I got this. And then you see him go do that. So he broke the stones, broke them. And then he heads back up the mountain. I wonder how it was for Moses. He's carving those stones. Was tears falling out from his face as he carved those stones? The first ones God carved. Now Moses has to cut them out. And he brings them up the mountain. And there's a beautiful thing here. Remember the sins of the people. And verse 5 says, Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there. This is God speaking. Remember the sins of the people. And this is God. This is not Moses. And proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed. This is God. The Lord, the Lord God, merci- the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious and long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children to the third and fourth generation. So he goes on and he says, I do punish. Don't forget that. But right before that, he says, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. So we see when you turn to God, you don't have to be the one that has their iniquity come on to them. And that's what he's saying to these children of Israel. I know, Moses, what they just came through. I know how you broke it. I know how they made another God to me. I know how we had challenging conversation. But I forgive. And God proclaimed it. I forgive. I forgive. Gilgad, give him a hand clap. Hallelujah. So Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. And then he said, If I now have found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray thee, go amongst us, even through we, a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us as your inheritance. What is he saying? He has latched on to the words of God there. That's what you need to do. And we talked about this with, with Daniel. But he reached into those words of God that said, You forgive and you forgive the iniquity, and you forgive the sin. So I'm asking you right now, we're taking a step past the last thing you said about visiting on the third and fourth generation, and I'm saying, okay, I'm right here. Forgive us, God. Forgive us, God. So we're talking about praise tonight. And Why would I reach into this psalm? It's because David, in Psalms 51, this is such a well-known psalm throughout Christendom. Throughout the history, repeated in service after service to close out services. And, and David had an understanding when he wrote this here. See, he had committed murder. He had committed adultery. And he had an understanding. And his understanding was... In verse 16, it says, For you do not desire sacrifice, else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. 
These, O God, you will not despise. David understood the book of Exodus when he got down and he said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. I violated your laws, God. I violated your principles. I did wrong. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. He goes on, he says, Purge me with hyssop and I'll be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. What has David learned right here? This is what's going to bring me to near the close. We've got a few minutes left, so don't get too anxious. But For every mountain. Because your praise begins with what we learn in the New Testament. It's worshiping in spirit and in truth, but the truth of who you are. And so when we sing about for every mountain he brought me over, for every valley he brought me through, when we look back, we also were in a place where we had to cry out to God and we had to say, have mercy upon me, O God. And do you know what that was? That was worship. It was saying, okay, God, I can be honest with you. And I can show you exactly where I'm at. See, your repentance, when you repent, you're also saying you're worthy, God. I don't know why you want my rags, but you asked for them. So let me give you this. I'm willing to recognize my condition. I'm willing to recognize that I've sinned against you. And you know our great God, oh, He comes out. And and what do we have? The Lord passes before us. The Lord, the Lord, merciful, gracious, and long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. You have put yourself right into that passage. And you begin to say, Here I am, O God. Cleanse me, God. Oh, go ahead, restore to me the joy of thy salvation, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Oh, give him a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, you are worthy, oh God. You are great. Oh, in Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, we see that leper. Jesus had come down from the mountain. He had been teaching. Oh, think of all the wonderful people that qualified to be on the mountain. Hearing those great words of God. Ingesting mm. that. How great that was. But do you know there was somebody that could not go up there? He couldn't be there because he was damaged goods. He was a child of Israel, but he had a figure of sin. He had leprosy. And behold, there came a leper. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Oh, 
Oh, but the God of glory, he made his path to go right by the leper. Oh, I, did you think that you met God? God met you. He ordered his steps to go to yours. And he ordered your steps to put you right where he was going to meet you. And so he preached the word. He spoke to those people. The multitudes come clamoring behind. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. That was his worship. Oh, his worship was, here's my rags. And if you'll take them, you can make them clean. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, it's the lady. Oh, who came to him and said about my child. And he said, oh, it's not meant to give the dog. Nah, but to give the meat to the dog. He said, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of Israel. It's Matthew chapter 15. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Oh, but when he answered and said, it's not me to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. She's like, I'm not going to stop my worship. And she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Oh, you're great. Oh, you're awesome. Can we go ahead and stand to our feet? Let's end this thing with worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, give him a dance. Get public in your praise. Oh, he's great. Oh, he's holy. Oh, let's go ahead and fill this house. Give him your rags. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, sing of his greatness. Oh, sing of his mercies. Hallelujah. The Lord, the Lord, great and mighty. Oh, let everything that hath breath. Let's give him another hand clap. Remember everything he brought you out of. Remember every valley he carried you through and every mountain he brought you over. For this, I give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, he's glorious. He's great. He's our God. Oh, I, I don't know. God did this service right tonight. Oh, it's about praise. And he said, we're going to have some praise. Oh, the king of glory went ahead and put his fingers on the piano. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everything you've been through, you're going to praise him for. Because you stand here today and you say, God did this. This is God. And I'm still standing. And I just want you to know I haven't wiped it out. What does it say in the book of Revelations? Uh, I won't turn to it now, but it says they were overcomer by the word of their testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. But what's that testimony? Do you know what he brought me out of? You know what? We're going through a struggle right now. But he said he would never leave nor forsake, and he didn't forsake me then. And so I brought to him today's issue. Daniel in the lion's den, what did he have every day that he prayed? You know what? And when he went to the lion's den and he's down there, what did he have going on? You know what? He kept us when we were in the king's house and, and we said we weren't going to eat that food. And, and he went ahead and he promoted us. And so I can go in the lion's den because God's got this. Hallelujah. For every mountain. Have a great week. We'll see you on Sunday. And let's just incorporate and make worship flow throughout this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.